What's going on? What's going on, everyone who's listening to this podcast right now? First of all, welcome back to the Nikhil Sai Show, which is hosted by me, the Nikhil Sai. And guess what's going on today? We are back with another amazing Two Karma Club interview. This time we're having a crazy guest on this podcast. This dude is crazy. Being a super personal brand in entire Denmark, helping coaches, consultants, lecturers build and scale predictable online business. Amazingly, he's been in business from 2001. Oh my God, that's a lot of time, right? He's been in IT industry for 15 years and been a freelancer for 13 years. All of that experience, been in the business from a long time and building consistent, predictable, reliable systems inside your business. He's now helping coaches, consultants scale. Today, we are having a multiple Two Comma Club Award winner on this podcast who is successfully scaling his business and helping thousands of coaches impact at a bigger level. So let's not waste any time and actually welcome Rasmus Lindgren, CEO at InfoSpray Media. Hey, Rasmus. Hey, Nikhil. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely, brother. We are glad to connect you here, buddy. And Rasmus, like your journey is so crazy, like starting at nine to five, working for someone else, being in the IT field for 15 years and starting your own business. Now, living the dream, like freedom, lifestyle and helping people to achieve the same thing, which is just amazing. So Rasmus, can you please start with the backstory? Like how did all of this crazy journey started? Well, I, I started a consulting company back in 2007, actually. And you probably know what happens when you start your own company. You begin to work a little bit too much, right? I mean, if, if because you're passionate about what you're doing and you, you can feel you're making an impact. And you can also see when you're working more, you're earning more, right? So so I, I fell down that that pathway and, and, and I had this consulting company and it went pretty well. But then suddenly out of the blue, well, not suddenly out of the blue. I became a father for the first time. You know, I had my first kid in in the begin or the, in the end of uh, 2009, and you know that was kind of a wake up call for me because, you know, I was working way too much and 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 I grew up, you know, not with under the best circumstances. I had a, a father who was an alcoholic, so and he died when I was 16 years old. So I never had that role model as a father that you know that i probably wanted to be for my kids so i just figured out you know i don't know how to be a father and i'm probably not going to figure it out while i'm working in my own business like 60 hours a week right so in the beginning of of 2010 i i sold my company so that was kind of at least a, a new way for me to go because i i I didn't know what to do. And, and to be honest, you know, I didn't receive a lot of money from the company that I sold. It wasn't that old. So I had to kind of figure out, you know, what should I do next? And mm-hmm. that was when I thought, well, I'll do something online, <laughs> you know, because we've heard it all, right? All the, uh, the racks to riches. And I was like, it's online. The gold is. <laughs> but I didn't know what to do. So, so I started, you know, uh, an e-commerce website. And I just felt that was lot of hard work <laughs> sorry to say i know other people have, have great stories but you know the whole thing of sourcing products and you know finding the suppliers and doing uh, you know advertising for pretty cheap products and it's like it's just uphill and then i figured hmm now i know how to build an e-commerce website you know let me build a, a, a business that builds e-commerce websites for clients and, and also because, you know, as you, as, I, as you said, I had been in the IT industry, so I knew a little bit, you know, about IT and I knew a little bit about outsourcing as well. So I had this team in Eastern Europe who began, mm-hmm. you know, building e-commerce websites for my clients. I was like, this is, this is brilliant. I was, you know, working you just in that business, you know, 10 hours a month, something like that. And I was like, hmm, this works pretty well. But I have to admit, you know, it wasn't where my heart was at. But people started taking notice here in Denmark. So I was like... Rasmus, how come you're never working? And I'm like, you know, I do work, right? I'm just not working, you know, 40 hours a week. And and we had a a, a um, we had a, a house in Thailand, so we spent you know a couple of months each year in in Thailand. As people are like, how can you just you know spend months in silence a year and you never work? And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm working. I'm just not you know doing it in, in in the terms that you're classifying as as work, right? So I was like, that's it. I need to teach other people, you know, to to basically work less and 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 live more that was what i was you know that was the fire turned on in me that you know work less and live more because you didn't have to you know my initial goals actually wasn't to make you know millions of dollars 
it was mm -hmm. just to be able to live, you know, on my own term, you know, like Timothy Ferris said in the four hour work week, you know, you're building a lifestyle business to support the lifestyle that you really want. So that was kind of my initial goal. And then it just started to take off first, you know, I was, I was, uh, blogging in English. I had, I'm not sure I can say this on your podcast. I hope or else you can just beep it out, but I had yeah. the best domain name ever. It was retiremyass.com. And <laughs> sorry for that. That's you hilarious. know, uh, I've been in some interviews and they had to remove it, but, <laughs> but, no but problem. Yeah, um, that's fine here. <laughs> so, uh, so I was starting, you know, blogging you each week. I blocked at least 1500 words and I started, you know, I actually wrote a book in English. I started doing an online course, I did online courses in English and informational products. And it was moving slowly, but wasn't really moving that fast. And then someone told me, you know, Rasmus, how come you're not doing this in Danish? And I said, oh, you know, we only like 5.5 million people. Not many people know about this online stuff and everything. But you know, like, okay, the idea grew on me. So, I, you know, at some point I did this online course and it just totally took off, right? And I was like, hmm, maybe it's more fun to be number one in a market than being number, you know, 100 and something in a market, right? That was kind of a wake-up call for me. And I just closed down, you know, my blog. I had an email list. I closed down my online programs in English. And then I just started to focus 100% on the Danish market. So, so, you know, that's kind of the first learning point that I got. You know, it's, it's, you need to be, you know, in the top of your market or else you need to niche down, right? And I wasn't completely niched down in the English-speaking market, but in a smaller market like the Danish one, I could immediately go in and, and be, be the number one in, in my market. So, you know, that was, uh, that was kind of my story of, of how I got started with online programs, online courses in Danish. And, and it took off really well, you know, in the first uh, 12 months, I did, you know, multiple six figures. And, and that was, you know, Besides, I, I still did a little bit of consulting on the side, right? So this wasn't even my primary business, but I did multiple six figures in the first 12 months. I'm like, hmm, this was while I was, you know, in Thailand. This was while I was consulting and I still did a couple of, you know, two, three hundred thousand US dollars in the first year. I was like, that, that went pretty quick, right? So, so that was kind of, you know, <laughs> that started the whole journey. Yeah, wow, Rasmus, that's pretty exciting. And, and we love the fact you actually choose to be an expert in a smaller market, trying to play in the red ocean, because I see the number one mistake most business owners do is they see these key players playing big in these markets and they try to enter the similar market. But guess what? They have an established brand already and it's hard for you to cut through. And I think they should really follow what you just mentioned, which is niching down to a specific expertise so that they become an expert immediately and get that authority. We love that transformation. This, uh, uh, oh, sorry. I just had this talk with some of my clients the other day. And I was like, you know, Tony Robbins, you know, his ads is like, just like, I'm Tony Robbins. I don't, don't go me I love Tony Robbins. Okay. I'm Tony Robbins, you know, buy my four day event here, you know, $1,000. I was like, he can do it. Because, you know, he's Tony Robbins. You can't create an ad like that. <laughs> right? that you, you need a little bit more than that, right? I would, I, was, I would wish I could just do an ad, you know, this is my program. I'm Rasmus. $2,000 or something like that. It doesn't, it doesn't work, work like that, that right? Yeah. We have to struggle a little bit more than that, right? So, so it all comes down to, you know, who you are in your market. And Tony is Tony and, and I'm just Rasmus, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like you should never copy someone who is in the level 100 when you're in level one. And people do this over and over in their journey where they're trying to shortcut their journey. They'll be like, oh, like what that $100 million guy is doing? I want to copy it when I'm not making a dollar. And I'm like, doesn't make any sense. Like, see what he done when he's making his first dollar and try to replicate that. That might work, right? So, yeah, lo love it, Rasmus. Thank you so much for the quick introduction. It was really helpful for the people to kind of understand and show the possibility and how someone's life can transform entirely if you just really focus on your core experience and try to be the number one in the market. And Rasmus, one thing I really love in your company and decide you're actually serving your clients with is actually building a personal brand. Right. And a lot of entrepreneurs, especially starting and trying to scale their business, they really forget this thing while they're trying to make so make more money, trying to grow their business, trying to feed their employees. They forget about building a real brand because once in a time frame, let's say the COVID hit, boom, like everyone was just like that. Right. So we'd love to hear your opinion, on like how to actually build a personal brand. 
Well, first off, you know, my company was just me. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I didn't start with a big team, right? I remember sitting in some guru's event, you know, in, in the States at one point, and he was like, just get your team to do this. And I was like, it's just me, right? So <laughs> I have to do everything in my company, right? So it was one thing. So it kind of when you start out, you start out, it's kind of just you, and it makes more sense just to be a personal brand. Also, you know, with the with with the whole social media, of course, it's it's more personal focused. But in the end, you know, I came from a big corporate company and a consulting for big companies, and to be honest, you know. It's, it's really hard to get emotions from, you know, this big corporate structure and, and, and connect with people. You know, when you see an ad from some big company, it's just more cold. It's more distanced. So, you know, when you're using your personal brand, you're, you're closer to, to, to your clients. And in the end, you know, people buy from people they like. People don't really buy from companies in the end. You know, they... Well, some products maybe they do you know, like milk and, and stuff like that, but but they first and foremost buy from people they like. So you know that's that's another lesson. Don't don't be an asshole in, in business, right? Because you know then you don't get any clients. But but so so it makes sense to you know to to show who you are, and you know, good and bad. You know, there's sometimes when when you get you know awful comments on your Facebook ads, you know, all people who do Facebook ads get one of these two trolls every now and then, right? And I'm, you know, people say, oh, just delete them or block them. No, you know, I go into that because all the other people should see who I am. They should see, you know, what I, what I, what, what, what crap I should, you know, receive just for doing an ad. So I go into that, you know, and show myself and show every other people that this is me and this is not me. For instance, I had someone you know, come up to me after an event we did, and they're like, Rasmus, really like you? And a couple, really want to work with you, but you know, you swear too lot, too too often. You swear, you swear too much, basically. I was like, so we won't work with you. And, and I was like, I totally respect that, you know? You can't be everybody's cup of tea. And unfortunately, you know, when I get passionate, you know, I may drop an F-bomb every now and then, right? But I learned from Tony, right? <laughs> You know, and Sony just called this taboo language. So that's a strategy, right? So, so <laughs> no, but you know, that's just me. And I don't want to, to be anyone else than me. So that's my take on personal brand. You know, be all you can be. And some people will love you and some people will hate you. But don't try to be that one in the middle and, and try to please everyone. Yeah, 100%. And I believe, like, as you just mentioned, Rasmus, someone who's trying to sell to everyone and anyone can sell to no one in the end and, you know, will be left behind for sure, right? And whenever you're trying to do business, that's quite common. Some people will accept what you're giving and some people will reject. That's fine. You just need to move on and just cut through. And that's really interesting, Rasmus. And Rasmus, the next thing is, I've seen you impact coaches, consultants, lecturers, scale and convert their passion into an online business and scale through high edge profits, right? Rather than what they usually make in their nine to five. So can you tell us more about like how someone who has some passion can start turning the passion into profit? We typically work with the four P's. So, and this is tricky, right? Whenever I say four P's, sometimes I, I put up uh, five fingers or three fingers. So as a, you know, as a teacher, you should always coordinate, you know, your, what you're saying with your hands. So you know, there are four P's. Luckily, we got four this time. <laughs> no, the four Ps. And this is actually in Danish, but they translate almost to English. So, so I just have to look for the words, right? But the first P is positioning. One of my first mentors said, basically, you know, the better positioned you are in the market, the higher prices you can take, right? So, so you need to work on your positioning however you want to do that. And we have some, some, some stuff that, of course, we help our clients with. But uh, basically, you need to be, and that is also, you know, what I learned, you know, I need to be number one in a market, so you needed to niche down. So positioning and, and something at least my clients need to hear often is that it's not about, you know, how long of an education you have or, you know, what diplomas or degrees you have or anything like that. It comes down, it comes down to perception how people perceive you in the market. So a lot of people think, oh, I need to, you know, become better before I can do something or before people will buy my stuff. But it's basically about perception. So the second P is all about, uh, we can call that uh, prospects in this case here. In Danish, we call it more like audience. Uh, 
But mm -hmm. I've seen so many people have great products and be, you know, we know they can help their clients, you know, their customers, but they don't have an audience. They don't have prospects. They don't know how to attract people. So I usually say you can have the best products since, you know, toilet paper and slices, <laughs> right? But if you if you don't have anyone to 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 sell this to, you know, it doesn't matter. So yeah. so we need prospects. We need to be able to grow an audience. So that's kind of the second P, right? And and, and, and the third P, the third P is products. And that is because a lot of our clients, they come from selling their time, hours, and we need to get them to realize that the only way they can scale their income is, is through products, right? Where you where you don't sell your time, but you sell products. And here, we also say products with an S because um, we don't only... I love when I can help people create a high-ticket offer, mm -hmm. but not all people are ready for high-ticket offers. You know, my, my first 100%. programs was like, $30, something like that, right? Uh, and and it's, it's kind of, you need to build up to that, you know? Maybe you don't have the confidence to say, okay, I have a program now for, let's say, let's say 30,000 US dollars, right? Not all people are, are, are prepared to that. So normally what we do with our clients, at least, we kind of try to push them up in price and we start with smaller online programs. And then at some point we help them create maybe a high ticket offer as well, but, but we kind of scale it up. And the last P that is, um, that is promotion. And that's, again, you know, a lot of people can build a product, but not many people like to promote it. Not many people like to sell and promote their product. Right. So, um, so yeah, you know, half of it is mindset getting them to love to sell. And the second part is, is basically, you know, strategy on how to do that. And of course there, um, I've learned a lot from Russell Brunson through the time. So, you know, one of my, my best campaign times or best funnels or what you want to call it has been the webinar, you know, and, and we do, well, we, we've taken the perfect webinar from Russell Brunson and we are adapted a little bit to the Danish market, but like, 85% of, of the way we, we do webinars is Russell Brunson's the, the, the perfect webinar, you know, and, and wow. my first million dollars, right? 90% of that came from the perfect webinar. So, so, I mean, um, that's, that's, uh, that's one of the ways we help our clients, you know, to, to promote their products and, and sell their products. So that's, that, that's the four P's. Wow. Wow. Amazing, Rasmus. Really love the four-piece strategy. And I really admit the fact you just mentioned here, a lot of people who try to create a product and they don't even like to sell it, they just, they just wish someone will come and buy inquiring themselves. But if you're not promoting it, like how can someone discover that you ever have this or you ever created this, right? That's, that's amazing, Rasmus. I think this four-piece can become a pillar for every person who has some passion, who wants to create that into a bigger profit. So really love that, Rasmus. And Rasmus, as we have discussing here and came to a point of talking about webinars, high ticket offers, you've been helping your clients who have no clue that they can scale up, you know, without working more. You're, you're helping them to create high ticket offers so that they can get, they can live more, which was your goal vision, right? You're helping that, you, you know, to achieve that for your clients. So we would love to hear your take on how, if someone has a product or service, how they can actually create a high ticket offer around it. Because a lot of people have misconceptions that they can't charge more. Well, I just have to say, you know, just remember on a plane, right? You have business class and first class as well. And just because you're on coach doesn't mean that there aren't people up in front who wants to pay more, to pay for a better service, to pay for a better product. We all need to get from A to B, but, you know, someone is willing to pay three or four times the price that you paid to sit up front, you know, to get a better service, to be, get a food, to to have a better seat and all of that, right? So that's, I think, that that's the problem with, with most people when they when look at high ticket is that they kind of view from their own perspective. And if they haven't bought a high ticket offer themselves yet, they can't see that anybody else wants to do it. So, you know, my advice would really be to try to actually pay, not me. I, I don't do stuff in English, so don't pay me, okay? Uh, but but find, you know, a high-ticket coach. Don't don't just hire the first and best one. To, but go out and pay someone $10,000, you know, and, and, and get that experience because before you've done it yourself, it, it's hard for you to do it. I did it myself, you know. I was selling online courses for like 
two, 20, 30, 50 dollars, right? And, and then I hired a coach. And she was like, Rasmus, you need to do a $3,000 program. And I was like, no, 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 no. You, you don't hear me well enough. I am having a hard time just selling a $50 program. So why would you ever want me to do a $3,000 program? I was just like, Rasmus, you need to do a $3,000 program. I was like, well, I paid you a lot of money, so I, I probably should do what it is you're asking me to do. And, you know, after her program, I was like, I, I did my first high-ticket group of people. And you know what, Nikhil? There was like two people in the group. And I was like, woo, <laughs> right? <laughs> Two people paid me $3,000. That is insane, <laughs> right? I was yeah. like, damn. So, but of course, now, now we have, you know, now our price is like 30000 US dollars, right? So, and we have more people in the group. But you have to remember, you have to start somewhere, you know? 100%. And yeah. today, I wouldn't be satisfied if, if I sat with a group of two people who paid me $3,000. I was like, that was really disappointing. But back then, you know, I was like, this is fucking crazy money. <laughs> right? so, so, you, yeah. so start somewhere. And I my advice would be to actually pay someone for a high ticket offer because most people, they don't believe they can do it. And, and, and that's because they have the viewpoint from their own you know, buying perspective. So they kind of put their buying perspective over everyone else's buying perspective. Does that, does that make sense? Thank you. Yeah, 100%, 100% response. And it really resonates. Like people really need to admit that they don't know what they don't know, right? And as they have yeah. no purchased any high-ticket products, they assume that the potential clients cannot or won't buy high-ticket products. That's just a misconception or insider uh, you know, objection they have themselves, but you know that's that's pretty amazing story, Rasmus. It, it was really mind-boggling. Like a lot of people can see the possibility right now, and if you do the math, rather than trying to get hundred clients, it's gonna cost you more. Now you can have two clients to pay you three thousand. That's equal, and you have more freedom. That's equal you money. You get better clients. You get better clients. You know, uh, you don't get all that. Uh, you don't get that. In bad clients because people can pay you like <laughs> yeah you don't get refunders because you know they pay you like five thousand dollars something like that they are more committed you know i usually it's tell serious. people you know the more money they pay me the more results they're getting not because you know i you know i tell them the same thing that's in my book right they could just buy my book basically but <laughs> it's like <laughs> 10 bucks right but but uh, it's free plus shipping but <laughs> but in the end you know they're just more committed you know 100%. when they've paid me thirty thousand us dollars you know, they want a return from their money. So they actually do what I tell them to do. You get yeah, better clients. Hundred percent response. And that's what really kind of cut short all of the learning curve. And a lot of people can go all in because they, they make the commitment that they're doing this bigger investment. And that's kind of making the way so easy so that you can easily scale up and the clients get much better when it comes to the quality and the results. That's amazing, Rasmus. And Rasmus, like you see like you're creating a bigger impact in Danish market when it comes to the coaching industry. And we would love to hear your take on now everyone is being like a coach and everyone is trying to become a coach and do that successfully. So we'd love to hear your inputs on what do you think the future of coaching industry looks like down the line? Um, in general, in coaching, what we're seeing is that if we take back what coaching is really meaning, it's, it's mostly, you know, where as a coach you need to help them figure out what is already in inside of them you know and that is a, a length, lengthy process you know and also i i often see myself as a mentor more because i'm the one saying you know the ground is flat i expect you to run right so <laughs> i'm the more like the guy who tell them what to do so so if we see the coaching industry i would more look I would more call it the expert industry, maybe like someone like like Brendan Burchard is talking about, or at least he did before he went influencer. Um, because what people are looking for in the end are results, right? And and as a coach, you know, it, it's it's often about you know you help them find the right answer, but it's just quicker if you give them the answer, basically. So in the end, it's all about 
helping them get a result. And sometimes I feel like that is something that has kind of been forgotten. People focus on creating online courses with a lot of training, you know, with hundreds of hours of videos that no one is watching. Instead of asking themselves, you know, how little can I supply to my clients so they actually get a result, you know? You can have a hundred hour video course, but no one will see it. You know, I had this discussion with one of my friends. He said like, I have this idea for an online course, like there are 17 modules. And it's like, you know, you can't tell your friend when it's your friend, at least you can't tell him, oh, that's a bad idea, right? Because you're a friend, right? So you're trying to make him realize that it's a bad idea. But, you know, after we've been talking for like 20 minutes, he still hasn't realized it. And then suddenly he says, oh, stop, 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 Rasmus. I just figured out module number 18. <laughs> so, so, you know, oh, that's yeah. kind of, that, that is kind of what I'm seeing is that, you know, the more, the better. And, you know, while we're working more out of and we're telling our clients to do this as well, you know, less is more. Remember that all our clients, no matter who you are and what you're helping people do, want the results. And instead of focusing on providing them with theory and lengthy videos, see, you know, how little can you supply them or how can you support them better? For instance, you know, when you pay us like 30,000 US dollars, one of the things we're doing is putting an accountability coach on you, you know, one-on-one -on -one accountability coach, because that's what they need, basically. You know, it's not, yeah. and, and this is not, you know, they're not necessarily helping with business strategies or anything like that. It's just like, you know, you know, have you done what we agreed on last week? Okay, what are your excuses? Okay. Those are not excuses. Go do it, right? And they, so, you know, so, but that's just our experience that we see results when we put an accountability coach on, on, and we can do that. When people pay out 30,000 US dollars, I have, you know, I have lot, enough money to, I can, I can pay someone to, to do that. But if they paid us less, maybe we wouldn't be able to, to do that, right? So, so I'm not sure that is answers your question about the future of the coaching industry, but I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of th people thinking more is, is better, and we're actually teaching the, the, the directly opposite, trying to figure out how can we get results faster and easier for our clients. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, it, it did. It did. Rasmus, I think that was brilliant. I think a lot of this is this is like a face bomber for a lot of coaches, actually. These people are trying to make more receive offer, trying to teach more. As just mentioned, it's like add more value, add more courses, add more modules. But guess what? That's going to overwhelm. You've seen countless coaches creating thousands of hours of content, which has never been watched by even 10 people. And it's just like useless information, piles of piles of information. And even your clients get overwhelmed when they see so much content. And I really admit the fact, Rasmus, you just mentioned that you need to keep it simple and straight to the point, trying to get them the fastest results by giving them this, you know, less information, less is more is the summing answer. So a lot of coaches should actually really look at if they want to do 18 modules or 18 minutes crash course, which can get them results in 18 days, right? So this is kind of mindset shift they should really have. I think I think you really kind of gave a direction for all of the coaches to build the future of coaching industry, Rasmus. I really see you did that on this podcast. Thank you for that. So Rasmus, let's get to the next question, brother. And you know, the journey was really crazy, right? You trying to be an expert in the English market, then completely shutting it down, coming to the Danish market and trying to sell these low ticket courses to now sell, selling these high ticket programs. So we'd love to hear a journey on how actually you scaled up the transition phase of this low ticket to actually high ticket and scaling to multiple seven figures. Well, the quick answer is that, you know, I was afraid and I think a lot of people, you know, are afraid when when they start out, and 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 every time I had to raise my prices, it was because a coach told me to do it or a mentor told me to do it. I have to admit that, you know. Uh, let me just okay. Also, you know, the first uh, two Comma Club Award, it took me like five years to get it. The second one, like more like five months. Okay, but but um, literally. Let me just kind of paraphrase a little bit of a coaching call I had with some of my mentors, okay? Mm -hmm. And these are yeah. people who, you know, their, their cost is it's seven figures to, to, to get these mentors. So they're, no, sorry, not seven figures, uh, US dollars, Danish crown. So it's like, let me just calculate that. It's kind of, if you have like 250,000 US dollars, you can probably uh, buy this mentor, okay? But, but this is kind of where we start, okay? So it's pretty high level advice I'm going to give you now. I paid kind of, you know, a quarter million dollars for this advice, okay? So, okay, this is how it goes. Okay, high level coaching session. Like, Rasmus, we feel like that you should do a 30,000 US dollar offer. And I was like, 
I have this really, really cool 6,500 US dollar offer, but you know, we can raise the price to 10,000 US dollars, <laughs> right? And, and, and he was like, Rasmus, no, I think that's a bad idea. I think you should create a 30,000 US dollar program. Okay, then I said, uh, maybe I said, we can sell this 10,000 US dollar program first. And then, you know, after the, you know, the summer and we can start, maybe I can think about doing, you know, figure out what I should sell for 30,000 US dollars. And it's like, no, Rasmus, I think that's a bad plan. I think you should do a 30,000 US dollar program. And I was like, okay, I get it. I'm doing a 30,000 US dollar program. Are you happy now? I think that sounds like a great plan, he says. Okay, so I have to admit, you know, a lot of people oh and God. our clients included, you know, we are afraid to raise our prices, even though we, we are really good at what we're doing. And so, so again, my advice, you know, get someone to kind of, you know, whip you around and tell you what to do. Because the, as I told you, my first story about going for like 50 uh, or $50, right, to $3,000, that was also someone who told me to do that, right? And I was like, no, you need to help me sell the, my $50 program. She's like, no, you should do a 3000 So that has been my pattern over and over, Nikhil. I'm sorry to say, you know, <laughs> I've been afraid to raise my prices. I couldn't see that I could charge higher prices, right? Apparently, my, my mentors and coaches could see that in me, and I'm happy for that, right? So yeah. that has kind of been my journey to scaling yeah, my, my business. And, and out, of fear, out of fear. Yeah, absolutely, Rasmus. I think this is a great learning, and thanks for sharing this quick story. It was just, it was just opening up the new neurons inside the head of every coach who's listening to, and you who's watching this podcast. Don't wait for your coach or someone in your business come and tell you to raise your prices. Do it right now. Do it right now because you're losing already if you're not raising. <laughs> that's that's amazing story, Rasmus. We really, really love the fact. And Rasmus, thanks so much for sharing all of your journey. And we're pretty excited to see the way you transform from being that lifestyle person who's selling the courses to actually transitioning into a more high-fledged, you know, full-fledged consulting company, which is amazing. And Rasmus, you have so many high-paying clients, like people paying $30,000, they need attention, right? And you have this product services, you're killing it in info space, you have your media company, you do a lot of stuff, even you are into music industry, which is, which is just amazing. So there are a lot of things together. I would love to know, like what kind of tools you use to manage all of your projects and clients for productivity? Um, well, we are not using probably a tool, our main tool for, for running our business. It's not that wide known. Uh, it was actually started by a Danish guy, but he moved to, I think, New York now and is kind of incorporated in the US, but it's called Simplero.com. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of the one we, it's, it's you know, it's it's e email system, you know, or news lists and it's automations and it's, you know, doing uh, membership sites, uh, all of that, doing the transactions and all of that. And then, of course, we use ClickFunnels, but that is mainly just for pages, for landing pages. It's just because it's a better designer, but it, everything else is pretty much run out of Simplero. And we, we love that tool and it's it has killer support you know we get answers to our support tickets within like 15 minutes in the weekend and so i cannot recommend that that system enough disclaimer i am an affiliate for simplero but you know i was using it and recommending it long before they even got an affiliate program i cannot stumble upon their affiliate program by accident and said well i might as well sign up for this as well right so so i cannot recommend that enough and then of course we use click funnels as i said um and then I mean, productivity tools that I love the most, and 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 it's kind of probably low key, but you know, I can live without my calendar. And in inside our our email, we have like you know, of course, Gmail, uh, corporate accounts. But I'm using something called Boomerang, and I know there's other other software packages like this, or other plugins. I think it's a plugin for for Chrome, something like that. But it it enables you to uh, to send out an email and get it back. So if I send out an email and people don't reply to me, I get the email back into my inbox. So you know, if you have a lot of emails out and a lot of things going on in your 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 inbox, you know, this is this is something that kind of helps me, reminds me if I forgot something, right? So I, I couldn't live without the boomerang uh, inside of my, my Gmail account. I have to admit that is, is, that's a really nice, nice program. Uh, let me see anything else we use. 
for productivity. A small productivity tip, and that's actually from, of course, if you read the four hour work week, that was kind of something from Timothy Ferris. That was kind of that something that, that at least were a shift for me. And he talks about, of course, the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule and the Parkinson's uh, law, right? And, and the Pareto principle just says, you know, of course, 80% of, of the result comes from 20% of the effort. But uh, that just says that if you're a perfectionist, you're screwed because, you know, it's the last couple of percent that takes all the time, right? So don't be a perfectionist. It, you know, you can, you'll never succeed. And, and, and of course, um, the other one, um, uh, Parkinson's Laws says that, you know, your projects kind of expands to the amount of time available. So if you have like long deadlines, you know, you of course reach your deadlines, but you know, you're not that productive. So it's work with short deadlines. So kind of combine those two things, you know, work on the tasks that really move the needle in your projects and then, you know, set short deadlines. So we also, that's also a good idea why to do webinars because you can also have the next webinar coming up. The next webinar, you have to fill it. You have to do the presentation. You have to sell. Oh, and then there's the next webinar. Okay, you have to fill it again, right? So all these short deadlines, that work really well for me. And that was why maybe the webinar strategy works so well uh, for me yeah. at least. Yeah, absolutely, Rasmus. We really love the fact you're actually mentioning and giving so much value on this podcast, Rasmus. Really appreciate that, buddy. Thank you so much for mentioning a couple of tools. We really love the excitement here and, you know, a lot of people can actually start using them. Thanks for mentioning with the boomerang. I think a lot of people need it, including me. So I'm going to sign up for that after this interview. So, Rasmus, let's get to the next question, brother. So, uh, as you're actually running like multiple zones for your businesses right now, we would love to hear more about, like, do you kind of have any routine inside your business? So can you tell us more about that? Well, to be honest, you know, uh, my family is the most important thing. And that's just not something I'm saying because every successful business person is saying like, oh, you know, my family and my kids. But in the end, I work 25 to 30 hours per week because of my family. So we have to remember that if you're working like 70 hours per week in your, in your business, you're like, oh, family is really important for me. No, your business is probably more important. And that's perfectly fine. I'm not to judge you, okay? So my routine is that, you know, I get up with my kids and uh, sometimes I get up earlier and kind of, you know, do some exercise. Uh, I used to run a lot, but I, I, I lost too much weight. So I'm trying to gain something again, right? Some more it's like, but I do some physical exercise uh, sometimes. Uh, and then I get up with my kids and you know give them you know breakfast and all of that with them and i drive them to school and then you know i get into to work and and you know it, it kind of depends you know sometimes i do it after school so i get in pre after i've driven down so i get in pretty pretty early and, and i usually start by listing out you know the most important tasks for today i've really tried using different task systems or you know for organizing my work or project management systems but i i always use them you know for a month and then i kind of uh, i kind of drip down but one 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 habit i've had for a long time is kind of having a physical diary and then you know every morning before i open my computer up saying okay what is it that's the most important things that i have to accomplish for today that makes me much more productive so having a clear vision of what I want to accomplish that day that kind of, that helps me at least and then I kind of get into it and of course as I mentioned before I'm kind of a Tim Ferriss fanboy right so I, I try not to check my email too much or at least you know uh, do it as, at certain points during the day I can't always you know do that but you know your inbox it's 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 other people's agenda your inbox is other people's agenda so so I try not to be in there too much um, and then you know I, I usually go you know get home early and, and pick up the kids from school, you know, and I'm also the one cooking dinner and I'm also the one, you know, spending time with the kids in the evening. I'm the ones tucking the kids in for, to sleep, you know, and I'm not saying that to be a better person or, you know, give some guilt to people, but that was just what I realized because I didn't have the best upbringing myself and maybe I'm overcompensating, you know, to, to, to give my kids what I didn't have. And that wasn't necessarily money, but it was time and love. Okay. So, so yeah. that is kind of my, 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 my daily routine most of the time. Appreciate it, Rasmus. Thank you. Thank you. I think that that can really help a lot of people to get more clear on what they should be doing inside their business. And we really love the fact that you're actually having a quick notebook with you, learning down the task and getting, and we, we are also like, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are also going to be very good fans of Tim Ferriss. So we, we love the four-hour work week for sure. So let's get to the next question, brother. And you've been in business for a long time. 
from IT industry to freelancing, now helping coaches, consultants, running multiple businesses, doing seven figures, stuff like that, right? So what will be a number one suggestion if there is an opportunity, if you can go and talk to a 20-year-old you, what will be a number one suggestion for them or someone who's just getting started? What will be a number one suggestion? It's funny, right? Um, sometimes here in life, you know, stuff happens and you go out of a new direction, right? Something happens. You, you, you get a mentor or a teacher in school or a boss in a work and, and they say something to you. They kind of, you go out in a different direction. It's funny because the way I started, you know, I had my first company in 2001, yes, but most of the time I kind of worked up until then and it wasn't until 2007, you know, we had the first, you know, bigger company and that, start that the way that started was that someone you know at my work said oh rasmus you're really clever do you want to start a company with me and i was like sure i mean <laughs> and, and the fact is you know if he hadn't asked me would i have my own company today i don't know sure. yeah. I, I honestly i honestly don't know because i was good at it you know i was making a decent salary i could have just continued you know working for the next 40 years in the it business and i would still make a good salary and have a good job and all of that but but because someone saw something in me you know he saw something in me i didn't see myself so that would be my advice if someone else sees something in you that you don't see yourself Go all in, you know. Yeah. Say yes. Yeah. Say yes. Oh, that's a powerful because, advice. Yeah. Yeah, Rasmus. I think. I think. Yeah. Like this is so amazing. I think a lot of people should admit that because coming back to the point, you don't know what you don't know, right? So you never know what's happening inside you. You never know your best skills. You never know what you're doing wrong. So if someone else is admitting that, appreciate them and go all in. Summing up, that's that's amazing, buddy. So let's get to the next question, Rasmus. This will be amazing. Your life's biggest achievement so far and any next bigger goals? Yeah. I'm sorry to bring up my family, but, you know, the the fact that I'm, I'm at least a decent father, you know, that has been a big deal for me. You know, I'm not perfect. I can still learn a lot of stuff. And, you know, I have friends, you know, who are really good dads. And I'm like, oh, if I could just be half the dad that they are, right? But, you know, that is an accomplishment that, you know, I've been able to be, be there for my kids and, at least for me, because I didn't have that. And then, you know, my bigger goal next is, is really, you know, because I started this whole business like a lifestyle business. You know, I just wanted to, to you know, live that life that I wanted to be able to travel, have my kids, you know, all of that. But now I have to admit, you know, I think it's it's from Russell Brunson. I took this that, you know, when he had, if you haven't seen this video on, on entrepreneurs and and, and, and having a vacation time because for entrepreneurs, a vacation is really hard, right? And that is because most of us are motivated by momentum, right? So, so when nothing is happening, like during a vacation period, so that's why we're not doing vacation for ourselves, right? Because we enjoy what we're doing, but we're having vacation time for those around us, basically. That's why we're doing vacation. But we are motivated by momentum. And, and to be honest, you know, every time I reach a plateau, I see, okay, where can I go next? Where can I go next? So even though I started out saying this is a lifestyle business, I just need, you know, let's just say I just need, you know, 200,000 US dollars a year, for instance. Then I can live, you know, fantastic. You know, it's like, hmm, maybe I can do more, right? Because then you, then you, if nothing more happens, you kind of get sad and say, oh, maybe I could do it. So, so I want to grow my business to the next level. And, and, and right now, you know, that is uh, where um, this year we will be at around, we don't re we don't reach two million. I shouldn't say that out loud because then we don't reach two million. But 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 you know, close close to two million dollars, right? So now I'm thinking, okay, maybe next year five million US dollars, right? So that's that is kind of, and, and I'm sorry, it's not like I want more because I have what I need. To be honest, Nikhil, I, I have what I need. It's 100%. more like I'm driven by momentum. So it's like, oh, I can roll this snowball. Let's see how big it can be. And and I just don't want to stop midway saying, oh, this is just a snowball. It can be even bigger, right? So, so I think that's it. And and yeah, yeah, and it's 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 hard for me to admit, but but I think that's how a lot of us are motivated, not by the money, because most of us has you know what we need in, in, money. in our in our lives, right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think I think that's what really differentiates an entrepreneur who is kind of satisfied with what they have to the entrepreneurs who are striving for the growth. 
people like you and people who are actually doing big in life and and i think it's is more on the impact side like how you're actually transforming people's life like the upcoming case studies and testimonials you see from your clients coming in and you see how they're leveling up working with us that's just going to turn around and you want to be like yeah i want like to impact have this impact in thousand extra people coming month and that that would really excite us right that's amazing rasmo so let's get to the next question brother i think this would be an amazing question so i'm i'm pretty curious for this so what was the mistake biggest mistakes in your life especially in terms of business i will totally flip this on you i'm sorry to say nikhil but um you know we we never do mistakes we we never make mistakes in our lives we only have you know something we learn and grow from to to be honest and you know i have done a lot of stuff that i've learned and grown from okay <laughs> but but the problem is the second that you call it a mistake you 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 go back and you hit yourself over on on your head and say oh that was a mistake that was a mistake that was a mistake right and and that keeps you from seeing what you can learn from it so I've had some, you know, humbling experiences in, in, in my life. And, and, but in my business, if you can say something, you know, that I learned from that I wouldn't make others to, to have to learn at, at as much from me, that was about scaling. Because, you know, at some point your business reaches a certain point. And we had an ad spend. We use Facebook ads uh, for some of our business. And, and I was afraid to scale past $100 a day. And I have no logical arguments for doing that because, you know, we were making money, a lot of money, right? From We had a really good return on investment. But it's kind of just, you know, that was the level that I was at in here. And I just couldn't get above. There's, there's no, I could just spend a thousand. We had the money. We can spend a thousand dollars or even more a day, you know? So, so that was one of the things that, you know, because I have this idea that I'm just building a lifestyle business. I don't want employees. I just want this small business. My mindset was small for a long time. So therefore, that's why I'm saying it took me like five years to get the first award and, and five months to get the next because, you know, my mindset was maybe playing small for a long time. And that yeah. is something, you know, that's been a humbling and learning mistake or not mistake, but learning experience for me that I try not to pass on to my clients to say, you know, OK, we, we keep pushing them to scale. When something goes well, we do more of that. We do more of that. We do more of that. And that is why, you know, my clients, businesses, they typically scale faster than, than, than I did, to, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, yeah, the power of thinking big really impacts businesses for sure, Rasmus, which you have seen in your journey clearly in a very visionary way. And the fact that you actually hit a two comma club in five years, the next one in five months, like literally 10xing and even faster, which is just amazing. And I, I really, as you just mentioned, buddy, in the beginning of this question, there are no mistakes actually it's it's like these are the learning curves you need to actually build a successful business right either you learn the more you learn the more you earn and i believe success won't teach you much because the more success you see the more success you feel it just literally boosts up your ego and you know make you less open for newer suggestions right so people really learn to be grounded that that's something i really seen that that's amazing Rasmus. so let's get to the next question brother we have a couple of more here and we'll wrap up so your main inspiration for the success and key people involved in your journey? Well, early on, you know, I was inspired by Brendan Burchard. So I, I did some of his events in, in the US and I really liked because he was kind of like me, like an old consultant turned, you know, online marketer and he was really good on stage and I wanted to be really good on stage. So I kind of, you know, saw his him as a mentor. And, and later on, we have someone like, you know, uh, Russell Brunson, of course, who is really good at breaking stuff down into frameworks and and uh, and had, of course, some mentors during the way, you know, I've worked more one-on-one -on -one with uh, Timothy Ferris, you know, as I mentioned I, I read his book in, in 2008 the, the four hour work week and but at that point you know I started a company I couldn't tell my partner say what about we're we're just working four hours you know I, I couldn't do that before that was why I sold my business right so so there's been these kind of you know pillars that has been ins inspirational and and yeah and right now I'm working with these mentors that you know I've paid a lot of money for but they they've already you know made their their money worth with me anyway so it's not it's not that of a problem right but you just you know keep finding mentors at the right point you don't have one mentor one coach through life you have someone who's right for you right now and maybe in one two three years you have someone else who's is right for you right now 100 yeah you should be open to that suggestion because the way you grow faster right you should be looking at the next bigger goal and see someone else who achieved that and trying to get them as your mentor 
That's that's awesome and inspirational, Rasmus. And wow, what an energy, what a fireball on this podcast today. Like it was so, so, so exciting, brother. And Rasmus, you're so cool guy helping people to build a successful online business through through a transparent journey of how you have started and scaled your business, which is freaking amazing, brother. So can you tell us more about like where can our audience find you mentoring? I'm not sure if you have something. Yeah, they probably they probably can or they probably can't because then I would probably have to give them, you know, uh, a Danish course first or sell them a Danish course first, right? Because right now we only have <laughs> programs in Danish. I'm not sure that will change in, in, in the near future. So, you know, I'm do not doing this to get clients or anything like that. I mean, if I can provide anything of value, but, you know, we have rasmuslinkrin.dk, but it's all in Danish. And also, I have to admit, I haven't updated the website, you know, in like forever because that is not how we get clients. We clients from funnels, right? So, so you know, I have an old website, you know, or you, you maybe, oh, you can you can get my first book, you know? It's called, uh, I can't even remember what it's called. Um, oh <laughs> uh, I have to get back and I can't remember that. Um, okay. the, life, the Lifestyle Business Rockstar. The Lifestyle Business Rockstar. You can get it on Amazon. But I have to admit, it's not really that good of a book. So, you know... <laughs> If you want to see how I was years ago when I wrote my first book, and it was my first book, right? I mean, it's not good. It's not my second book is, is better, but it's in Danish. So, but if you want to buy my really bad book, you know, you can get the lifestyle business rockstar on Amazon. That's basically about it, I think. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, Russell, what a transparency, man! Like, really, really love the vibe, buddy. And you know, we've seen a lot of people try to sugarcoat when they're running a business, but you're, you're the true man here. Like, that's that's amazing, Russell. Thank you. And and yeah, like guys, guys, like make sure to follow this guy. No matter if you understand Danish or not, but probably try to learn Danish to 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 get into Rasmus courses. Maybe that's a suggestion. But yeah, like Rasmus, any last thought before we conclude the entire podcast session today? No, I mean, you know, my tagline is, is passion and profit, you know, for all sakes, you know, do what you're passionate about. Don't think about niches or where the markets are, you know, be, you know, passionate, play full out, you know, and, and, and you know, just once you have your passion, know that you have probably have to learn how to sell and make a profit, right? So you have a passion, find someone who can help you, you know, turn that into to money. So that is it. Passion and profit, you know, do what you're passionate about. And remember to build the business that supports the lives that you really want, not someone else's life. So yeah. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I think, I think there is no point of having a million dollars when you're not doing what you want to do or when, you, when you're not in a place where you want to be, right? doesn't make any sense so yeah like that was really transformational rasmus we really enjoyed the podcast and again rasmus thank you so much for this amazing opportunity it was really great to have you on this podcast you were like that fireball giving on value just like that on and on and on continuously but it was really cool hopefully everyone who listened to this podcast had an entire clear idea of how an it professional can turn into a million dollar business person helping other people get similar results having a lifestyle business is a key point here so you can do that too like if you do it, you can do it too, right? So again, everyone, make sure to re-listen to this podcast, take notes, note on everything because he literally gave you everything you want with the 4P formulas and all the learning curves he mentioned. And never forget to raise your prices before someone else tell you. And hopefully, guys, you enjoyed the podcast session so far and stay tuned for the next interviews, guys. I'm going to come back with another two comma club owner. So this is me, Dean Ikilsai, and Rasmus Lindgren signing off for today. Peace, buddy. Bye for today. Thanks.